Welcome to Talking Tax, a Bloomberg Tax podcast. In this series, we talk to attorneys, accountants, and other tax professionals about the latest developments in the world of tax. I'm your host, Andrea Ben-Yosef, and we're excited that you're here with us today. This is Andrea Ben-Yosef, and I'm here with Talking Tax today, and we are speaking about the use of artificial intelligence and big data in IRS enforcement. I am here today with taxidermies Karina Frederico, Michelle Schroerin, and Travis Thompson. Karina is with the law firm Crowell Mooring in Washington, D.C. Michelle is with the law firm Cape Sokol in St. Louis, and Travis works with the law firm Seidman and Bancroft in San Francisco. And today we are talking about a very hot topic, the IRS's use of artificial intelligence and big data. This is something that a lot of people don't realize is happening and that practitioners need to know about so they know what to do. Well, yeah, thank you so much. Right right now, we have three types of narrow AI that organizations like the IRS um, or other businesses are working with, and those are machine learning programs, natural language processing programs, and, and really robotics. I mean, we all know robots. They're automated devices that kind of perform physical tasks in the real world. Natural language processing is technology that enables machines to understand and generate language, and it's written in spoken form. So think like Microsoft Spellcheck or Google Translate. Um, but finally, machine learning AI uses this predictive computer programming power that automates learning through experience using these large data sets. And the IRS AI technology is currently being used in a form of machine learning technology. And the rise of the rise of big data has really increased the need for large-scale organizations like the IRS to rely upon machine learning technology platforms. I mean, these are really exciting times, and the AI big data explosion is happening for very specific reasons. I mean, first and foremost, there's been an accumulation of large amounts of data because it's really less expensive and more efficient to store. I mean, every day, 2.5 quintillion bytes of data are produced in the world. And given this explosion of data production, like 90% of the world's data has been created in the last two years. So this data is you know, created through every digital process from electronic transactions to cell phones to social media, to live video feeds. I mean, all of this is big data. But second, most importantly, computing power and like the speed of computation is the fastest it's ever been. And this makes it easier to train AI-based systems because the more data the AI has to compute, the more reliable AI becomes. Um, and out of all government agencies, the, the IRS has decades of data uh, for the artificial intelligence to compute. All right, so this brings me to the next question. Let me ask Michelle, how is the IRS using all of this quintillions and quintillions of data? <laughs> if I use that right. Sure. Sure. Well, I can I can answer that question from the practitioner's perspective of of what we understand they they are doing. I know that we have heard the IRS is hiring data scientists and special analysts specifically to deal with this data. 
And what we understand they're doing with it is um, running the data through pattern recognition algorithms and through uh, special searches intended to match data and um, specifically discover trends in the data, discover areas of enforcement and areas of regulation and assessment where there are inefficiencies and figure out ways in which the service can improve on those efficiencies or close the gaps. They're using this data and running it through systems to discover leads for areas of investigation or taxpayers for investigation. And through this data and through these searches, they are becoming more efficient in detecting errors, detecting fraud, and detecting fraudulent behaviors. So why don't you give me an example of what the IRS is doing with this data? I think a great example of what the IRS is currently doing with this data and, and an area where we are going to see a lot of activity resulting from the collection and processing and analysis of this data is what the IRS is doing with the information they're receiving from the Coinbase summons, which is a summons issued to a company that processes um, and, and manages information dealing with virtual currency exchanges. And the IRS is taking this information, analyzing it, and comparing it to what taxpayers have or have not reported on their tax returns. And this will provide, I imagine, um, and most practitioners are anticipating, a number of leads for investigations into taxpayers who have not been reporting transactions with respect to virtual currency on their tax return. So let me ask you a question. So they can drill down through this data to individual taxpayers and find out, you know, where they want to investigate? Yes. Yes, the data the data does include taxpayer identifying information, I believe, and uh, and can be traced and matched to taxpayers reporting uh, and other tax filing information, such as 1099s and W-2s and, uh, and bank reporting information. All right. So, Karina, let me ask you, where are the IRS getting all of this data from that they're collating and matching up? Well, one way to figure out where the data the IRS is collecting and analyzing is coming from is to look at a publicly available source of information that the IRS posts. Um, they're called the IRS's Privacy Impact Assessments. Um, they're conducted on the IRS's information systems that collect personally identifiable information so that the public's aware of the information collected and the impact of the systems on personal privacy. And they're conducted on each system project application or database that collects personal information. So some of the sources that are identified for the databases and projects that the IRS are using are pretty obvious, like tax returns or information reporting to the IRS, FinCEN data, bank account information. But there's some other sources like other government agencies, um, the Social Security Administration, the EPA, they're also listed on these. And then there's also some data that's been rumored to be collected by the IRS that is not reported on these. So it might be something they're going to use in the future. And I think the, the biggest area of data there would be social media data. A lot of people are talking about whether the IRS is using social media data. Uh, from what I reviewed on the privacy impact assessments, it did not appear that they're currently using that, but it's definitely available um, to be used in the future. They could also use data from places like eBay and PayPal 
um, and match it up against some of the other data they have from tax returns. And then once they have this data, they have a lot of tools where they can plug it in basically and then you know, comb through all these data sources um, and figure out if there's connections that humans might miss between the, the different types of data. So for example, they could look and see that you were selling things on eBay, but then you weren't reporting the income from those sales on your tax returns. That's exactly right. I, it's unclear whether they're actually doing that at this point, but they definitely have the software and the tools that are capable of, of producing that kind of outcome and informing the IRS agents that are conducting examinations and investigations. And you said that um, it's available publicly, what they're using, where is that again? So the, it, they're called privacy impact assessments. If you Google that in IRS, a list of them will come up. Um, the assessments have information like what contractor is associated with the project and where the data is coming from for that project. Um, it can include both a list of data like tax returns, but also data that's coming from other IRS databases. So they all kind of seem to link together. And you anticipate that this is going to keep on growing as they hire even more um, data people in IRS at the cost of everyone else? I think that's definitely true. So one of the databases they use is called Lead Case Analytics. And it's, it's run by a company called Palantir, which has been in the news for a variety of reasons. Recently, a lot of other government agencies use Palantir, um, including the CIA, which I think originally gave $2 million of an investment to, um, to start the company um, back in the early 2000s. But I, the IRS, a couple of weeks ago, actually just signed a huge contract with them for $98 million. Um, so it seems like this is definitely the future and that they're pushing these systems forward and going to you know, expand the use of them. All right. Well, so Travis, now that we're listening to this this big change, how do you think the use of this AI and big data will impact enforcement? I mean, simply put, the IRS's use of big data has dramatically improved the efficiency of the agency uh, and will continue to do so in the future. I mean, there's studies from MIT and other uh, research institutions that suggest that, you know, combining humans with artificial intelligence platforms increases efficiency by upwards of 20% over just humans working on their own. I mean, the IRS is trying the IRS is trying to implement and enhance a data-driven mindset right now throughout the organization, uh, kind of by increasing visibility and awareness for its employees on the availability of big data. And as we all know, the IRS's budget has been severely uh, cut recently within the last decade. And with limited resources, you know, big data allows IRS agents and employees just to work smarter. I mean, the, they, they currently use data and predictive analytics to discover useful information about taxpayers faster and more efficiently during the audit or criminal investigation period, which helps support decision-making throughout the organization. It has a really big impact on case selection throughout all jurisdictions. Um, this, of course, leads to much better coordination amongst other law enforcement and federal agencies because these agencies are able to fuse this large tax and financial data with other data sets, and it helps them investigate more thoroughly um, than uh, they used to before. I mean, for instance, the IRS Criminal Investigations Unit employs an analytic platform for financial and tax criminal case development that is now used by 2,000 analysts and agents within the department. And this, again, increases the speed of investigation and increases the efficiency of all the employees within the IRS. 
uh, but it also increases the quality of the leads uh, that that are generated by the agents and the analysts. Um, with you know with the ability to generate high value leads from you know millions of FinCEN reports and other data sources, and in turn this kind of helps IRS build larger cases and identify losses to the government, um, just leading to much more complete case assessments. So are are the agencies working together, IRS and other agencies, through this um, data collection, I guess, to share information and cross reference? Oh, absolutely. Yes, and you know they they're they're working hand in hand, often through uh, each of their own analytics and statistics departments, um, using you know the different combined data to help them bring cases. Uh, I mean, during the past several years, I combined efforts um, amongst agencies have allowed the IRS to take down numerous like dark web marketplaces and different illicit exchanges. Um, so specifically within the IRS, this research and applied analytics department, uh, helps them, def- you know, helps them with these cases, uh, by, uh, helping them define, you know, what this data is that they're taking in and helping them with analysis and case development support. So, so what should pra- tax practitioners know? Like now that we know about what the IRS is capable of and what they're doing, um, what do people need to know? Well, well, I think for one, not that taxpayers necessarily uh, flew under the radar before, but I think the likelihood of taxpayers flying under the radar nowadays is is much less. I think that the taxpayers in general would be well advised to assume and believe that information from various sources concerning their financial activities um, are going to be cross-checked and methods are becoming more efficient as the process for um, analyzing and sorting through and connecting big data is becoming more efficient. Sure. I'd also like to add that I think it's really important for taxpayers to know that this data exists and that the IRS has it. Um, So in things like IDR requests, it's important to know that the IRS might already have a lot of this data and you should be very careful in responding to IDR requests or other requests for information from the IRS to make sure that you're complete and accurate because they might have the information already. Could you just explain what an IDR is? I'm sorry. Sure. It's an information document request. It's a series of uh, questions that the IRS usually will send to taxpayers at the beginning of an examination. So it'll ask a bunch of basic questions that are asked of all taxpayers, but then they add some more specific questions, which might be based on some of this data that they've been gathering. So how will you advise your clients going forward on how to deal with this? I think it's important for clients to be aware that this information is out there and that there is a lot of data that's been collected on them over the years. So to the extent that they're trying to hide anything, it's unlikely that they're going to get away with it. <laughs> um, and just to be as honest and open as possible you know, about the information that um, they're sharing with the IRS, it's probably not going to work out to their advantage to hide things that are public, you know, based on publicly available information. Which at this point is almost anything. It seems like it's headed that direction, Andrea. Okay, well, thank you to all of you. This has been very interesting and something that I think a lot of people are 
thinking about, worrying about, dealing with as we go forward, you know, the capability is going to increase and I guess that just means enforcement is going to go deeper and deeper. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to our show on iTunes and SoundCloud. Tune in next time for more analysis on the newest tax issues. From the nation's capital, I'm Andrea Benyosef.